How do we? This, this is my biggest thing. How do we start this thing? You gotta have. I know we could make an intro and like put it for everyone, but yeah. how do we? I think so long as it's. It needs to be kind of organic, like not like. Hey there, and welcome to No Films Given! <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I like that, I don't want to use that. <laughs> well, there's the intro. <laughs> yeah, this is our first episode. This is our first episode. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, in Sir in the Corner, what's your name? So, I'm Curly. Curly, nice to meet you. How tall are you? 6'3". Don't know why that matters. 215 oh. pounds of pure, unadulterated bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Sir on the it's chair. The Kyle show. <laughs> Sir on the chair. What's your name? I'm Frankie. All right. And what color is your hair? I have blonde hair. Oh, nice. Well, thank you for being here. <laughs> and what about and, you, yeah. Kyle? Sir? Oh, my name is Kyle. And uh, what, what brand of sunglasses are you wearing right now, Kyle? Peppers. The yeah. best brand. But we're not plugging it. So I take that back. So, uh, to those of you listening, this is our first episode of No Films Given, the show where we talk shit about the movies we enjoy and uh, go on a journey. Let's just call it a journey. Today, we were going to do each of our top five favorite movies and our top five least favorite movies of all time. Yes, this will likely be a two-parter, folks. So, buckle up. It's going to be an interesting ride. Yeah, bumpy. All right, Kyle, you start us off. I'll start us off. What what terrible movie are you going to say is your favorite, and why? Okay, yeah, so my fifth favorite movie is The Hangover. It's, it's cliche, but I think that that movie sort of brought a new generation of comedy with its raunchiness and its craziness style. I just, I feel like, and it launched a lot of, not a lot, but... It launched really the careers of Bradley Cooper, Zach Galifianakis, really brought them into the limelight. How and dare Helms, you? Really? How dare you besmirch Bradley Cooper's groundbreaking role in Failure to Launch? <laughs> oh, this is not the good movies, okay? Not bad movies. Okay. So yeah, I, I love the first Hangover. I really like the second and third one. I know they get trash, but that first one, I besides maybe Jackass, the movie, I've never laughed so hard the first time I ever saw a movie. So yeah, number five, The Hangover. See, my favorite part of that movie was the end. Like, and I think we've talked the about credits. this. Yeah, the credits where they're showing the, like, the photos. Yes. That was that was funny because it wasn't like trying to be anything. Because some of the other parts in it were just like, we're just gonna try and do the most outlandish thing and see what sticks. Yeah. Heather but Graham I, can also do no wrong in my eyes. Yes. Heather Graham. Do poor, like poor Heather Graham, like her career. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Very up and down. Very up and down. <laughs> All right. That's my, that's my, <laughs> that's my take. And uh, from that, uh, Heather Graham, to now your, <laughs> your move. <laughs> cool. So I'm not doing, like, a five, top five in an, any order. I'm just going to do mine based on kind of genre stuff. So my top... Typical, typical curly. Like, my top pseudo-action movie that or that I really like, because I like a kind of obscure shit, was uh, Lucky Number Slevin. 
Yes, it was Josh Hartnett right before he quit acting, sort of. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis, Lucy Liu, Morgan Freeman, other random people. It's a, it is a fantastic film about literally nothing. There is espionage. There is murder. There is quips. It, like it is one of those movies that just has like kind of everything in it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I don't have much to comment on it. I remember liking it because I was a huge Josh Hartnett fan. Because when he was in The Faculty. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great movie. But ever since that, I was a huge fan of him. So I remember liking it when I saw it, but I I just haven't seen it in such a long time. Yeah, I actually haven't seen that movie at all, but it's funny that you brought up Josh Hartnett. Because I was going to say, you had me at Josh Hartnett. That's why I'm going to go watch it. Like a totally underrated actor that he was like... I can't remember. There was a story or something that happened. Like when he was in his heyday, something happened where he like didn't make enough money or he refused like to do movies that were more like commercially like viable for like trying to be more. And then he, it just, his career didn't take off the way it was supposed to, which I mean, what, what a bullshit Hollywood like sentence to say, my career just didn't do what it was supposed to do. Yeah, that happens. But uh, there's no like plotline for your career. He ended up coming back and doing that one show, Penny Dreadful, which is a very good show. But he's just like one of those people that like in his heyday. I mean, except for that like Forty Days and Forty Nights thing. I love that movie. That movie's hilarious. (laughs) Hilariously bad. It was was a vampire movie before vampire movies were a thing. No, you're thinking about Forty Days of Night. Which is the vampire movie? Oh, Thirty Days of Night. When he's or Thirty Days of Night, where he's in Antarctica. I was saying Forty Days and Forty Nights, which is the one about him trying not to bang. Yeah, he stays abstinent for Lent, right? For Lent. Oh, and then yeah, plot totally twist. different movie. Yes. Plot twist: He gets date raped at the end, and no one talks about it. All right, <laughs> justice for Josh Hartnett. Who date rapes him? His ex girlfriend. Remember, she like he's like chains himself to a, the bed oh, on the yes, last yes. day for Shannon Sossman to find him, and his like ex girlfriend like Mickey's him or something, and just like he wakes up and she's like, yeah. Yes, justice for Josh Hartnett. I do remember that. What an ending, though. Yeah, what an ending. it's sort of weird. What a wild ride from start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> no so yeah, that's a girl. The girl in that is the princess from A Knight's Tale, right? Yeah, Shannon Sossman, also an underrated actress. Who the most recent thing I saw her in was Sinister Two, and let's just not go down that fucking rabbit hole. But awful movie. Won't be watching yeah. that. So that was a long tangent about why <laughs> I like Lucky Number Seven. <laughs> <laughs> but I it's sort of how these things are going to go. That's why I love it. <laughs> oh, cool. So, Frankie, what about you? All right. So, first off, I want to say trying to come up with a top five list is very difficult. And I guess if I was to do this some other day, it probably would even consist of different movies altogether. But I try to think of movies that maybe had some sort of impact on cinema or something that had to do with pop culture. So, the first movie that I thought of was Jaws. It was the... Is that the one with the shark? That's... Yes. <laughs> there is a shark in it. There is a shark in it. I but yeah, no, it was like... That. So that movie's like considered the first summer blockbuster. It, it actually made an impact somehow. Like, people didn't want to go to the beach that summer. But also, like, it's just... It's a great movie. Like, from the music to the story and just, like, the not seeing the shark till the end. Like, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on in there. I have so many feelings about this movie. Most of which, so 
I told the story about me being afraid of bridges when I was little because I was afraid that somehow the, sh- the sharks were going to jump out of the water and get me on the bridge full on like that bullshit movie Sharknado. Like I full on <laughs> thought that that was going to happen. But also I went to Universal Studios as a kid mm. with my family and the Jaws ride. My dad, knowing full well that I was batshit crazy terrified of sharks, puts me on the outside of the boat on the ride, like, the closest to the water. And I'm like, I'm going to be okay, right? And my dad and my mom are like, oh, yeah, you're going to be great. (laughs) We go, like, the ride takes you inside of a boathouse, and the shark pops out of the water, not four feet from me. I scream, unbuckle my seatbelt, jump over my parents, and trying to get off of this boat, I piss myself. (laughs) It was... Again, like, I was crying uncontrollably. That's my, like, Jaws has is my favorite. Is one of my yeah. favorite movies. It's not on my list because it's not. Because but reasons. It is a great movie. Because reasons. But I, um, I have a 4K Blu-ray player, and that was one of the first movies I got in the 4K. Oh. Because it's just, it's incredible. Even though 4K graphics on that fucking shark robot are not good. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, Bruce yes. did not stand the test of time, no. but he still looks. I will take Bruce over CGI any day. Bruce was specifically named after Spielberg's lawyer because you know sharks are lawyers. Sharks are lawyers. Sharks are lawyers. Yeah, I guess that's good for the listener. Yeah. Like, no lawyers are sharks, <laughs> whatever. And then the shark in Finding Nemo was named Bruce yeah. after Jaws. Yeah, right. that story was based off of, or that movie was based off of a shark attack that happened near where I lived in New Jersey growing up. So it has a, has a special place in my heart. Well, yeah. you mean the book was the novel, based yeah. on the book. Yeah. yeah, so Peter Benchley, who wrote four, I think, C novels, and two of them were good. Yeah, I will say Jaws is one of those rare exceptions, and this may not be a popular opinion, where the movie was better than the book. Yeah, 100%. Like Passion of the Christ. Damn! Okay, we went through half of our audience. Yeah, way, way to get us canceled before you get started. We have, we've been doing this for less than 20 minutes, and you've already cut our uh, viewership. Great. Lost the Catholics. All right. All right, Kyle. So, what's your number two? Number four? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sorry. He goes in that line. Five to four. Yeah, that's right. My fourth favorite movie is arguably the best comic book Adapted to a movie, movie ever. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Okay, such did a, not see that one. Such a good movie, though. It is just, it, it does the comics such justice, and the characters in it are great. <laughs> Frankie just had a sip of margarita, and he's loving life. <laughs> the way that they actually made it look like a comic book, like a video game in a comic book in a movie, was just fantastic. Edgar Wright does so well in every movie he makes, and I'm happy that he gets some of the recognition he deserves, but Scott Pilgrim is one of my favorite movies. I do feel like it's a little long. Like, some of the most memorable parts of that are just so well done, and every now and then you'll see a movie, like, throw in some fight or some, like, bullshit thing in it, and you, like, I can't help but compare it to Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Like, there's a movie recently on Netflix called, like, The Babysitter Part 2, which also fantastic films done by Mick G, who I don't particularly care for. But at the end, there's, like, a part where, like, two of the girlfriends are, like, going to fight, and it does, like, that. 
fight intro, and I was very upset about it. That's my tangent on that movie. Oh. My favorite part of that movie is the the lady fight, like with Roxy. With Roxy, because Mae Whitman. The actress who plays Roxy is incredible in everything she's in. Also doesn't get, like, the due that she's worth. Yeah, she's really good. She's really good. But that whole scene is just mind-boggling to watch with the whip sword, with the hammer, and just the crazy graphics, the right... Yeah. My Rocket Rocket League clan team is actually crashing the boys. Oh, so man. if any of you noobs out there ever run into us, watch out. Any of you noobs? Oh my god. <laughs> and then my second thing I'm going to say about that movie is Mary Elizabeth Winston. Oh my god. god. So underrated. I love so, her she's, so she's much. one of my favorite. Oh yeah. Like, and also Brie Larson. To Larson's me, she made, she made... Also Brie Larson. There's a lot of... I didn't know Brie Larson was that. Anna Kendrick is in it. Anna Kieran Culkin. Brie Larson is Envy Adams. Yeah, and me. She's in the band with oh, okay. Brandon Ralph. My favorite. And the, it was like one of his first movies in a while, Kieran Culkin. I just said Kieran Culkin was oh, I wasn't listening. Which, one of my favorite parts. Oh, okay. One of my favorite parts, uh, like, I will quote movies and shit like this Chris ran- Evans. randomly everywhere. Chris Evans was in it. But one of my favorite lines, like, I didn't make up the gay rule book. If you have a problem, take it up with Liberace's ghost. Yes. I use that shit all the time. <laughs> I love how they sleep together on the mattress. All, all like four of them pop up, and you didn't sleep with her. <laughs> what is? Oh, who was the um? And then when they when he um has his first date with Ramona, and they're eating the garlic bread, and she's like, "I wish it didn't make you fat. Garlic bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat." Oh, oh no, what was it? There was one, um, oh, all of the weird detail. Like, I'm a person that enjoys little bits of, like, purposeful detail. And one of the things in that was when he is dreaming about her, like, skating through mm-hmm. whatever, it's playing the fairy fountain music from Zelda. From Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There's a lot of little bits. Like, like I said, because it's a... A video game in a comic in a movie. And it was made by people who enjoy video games. Yeah. And that's how you can tell, like, things like that actually matter. It actually was legitimate. Yeah. 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 It it very underrated in in a way that it shouldn't have been. I'm glad that it's becoming more of, like, a cult classic. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, huh? Yeah. Curly? Oh, yeah. So. Number four, or. I don't go in any order. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so I was trying to think of, like, my favorite kind of comedy. So I'm going to pick between two different ones. One of which is Wet Hot American Summer, which is so good for so many reasons. I love that movie. But I love all the spinoffs on it on Netflix, too. They're so terrible, but so good. My favorite part of the entire thing is when they're in, like, the heroin den or the opium den. Uh And just randomly, yeah. But then I was going to say the other one, like, that I would say, like, barely edges it out is uh, Clue. Again, very oh, very good. It's a good, smart comedy. It is. So I call it basically an example of a perfect movie. It is perfectly cast. It is the perfect. It is a short runtime. It's like ninety minutes. We're talking about clue. Right? Clue. Yeah. It perfect is. Cast. Every everybody knew what movie they were in. 
No one was trying to upstage anyone. Everybody got the same amount of screen time. Everyone had fun. You would tell like the people in it were just having fun doing it. Slapstick comedy will always get my vote, and it's just written really well, really fast. Yeah. You get like you get little jokes of it bit by bit. Like every time you watch, you like get like little clips of things. And fun fact: so Madeline Kahn, may she rest in peace, who played Mrs. White. Looking pale and tragic. She, um, <laughs> the whole thing about her killing a vet, she improvised. So it's like, you killed a vet. Yes, I did it. I killed it. I hated her so much. The flame, the flame, the flame. She improvised that entire thing. <laughs> like, that is comedy gold. Like, how many, how many husbands have you had? Mine or other, mine or otherwise. <laughs> Clue is one of those like examples like somebody took a board game and they made like a cult classic movie out of the board game and you compare it to other board games that have been made like I don't know Battleship like you know <laughs> you compare Clue to Battleship and like like that's how good Clue is the Parent Trap Mouse Trap <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah 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 they're trying they're, tra- they're tra- oh Ouija <laughs> scary movie won't watch it. <laughs> scary young movie. so they're trying to remake Clue and I cannot think of them doing it right because they're never gonna be able to do it that way okay. there's only one way they could do it right is if every character is played by Seth Rogen oh my god that that would probably oh. be my top five worst movies that are made. List. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along, Frankie, what's your number four or whatever? Okay, so number four, I think this is uh, probably one of the greatest movies that spawned the most cohesive trilogy of all time, and that movie is Back to the Future. I think not only is the cast perfect, the music is perfect. But just that movie from start to finish can do no wrong in my eyes. Well, it can do one wrong, and you know exactly what I'm going to say. Yeah, but that's what makes it special. (laughs) Everybody get ready. Everybody get ready. Okay, so can we please talk about the fact that they were trying to normalize the mom trying to fuck her son? No! (laughs) I love that. Okay, so apparently when that movie first came out, that was like a... Well, okay. The other studios complimented Universal on, like, doing something so bold, but the only people who were against it were, like, was Disney. Disney was like, mm, how dare you try to have... But, I mean, the mouse. I don't know if we, we save this for later, but this is stuff you see in porn today. Kids love seeing the incest. Oh, my God. Number one, I, like, one sip of margarita and Frankie is bringing can, can we pee? Can she? Can we can we talk about how porn has taken... Never mind. No, Never mind. No, no, no. What you're... So... That'll um, be its own episode. So <laughs> there, there is a... So to your credit, there was a thing on Netflix called Sex Explained, narrated by Janelle Monet, also a very underrated and great actress in her, and singer in her own right. But one of the things is, like, one of the top... Like, the top three, like... Search things on porn websites are like stepmom, stepdad, and milf. Yeah, but let me let me. Frankie's not wrong. But let me get back to the point. This was supposed to be the yeah back back to the future. Back to the future. So it was supposed to be the fifties, right? Fifties or sixties? Fifties. Okay, so the fifties, and so which was supposed to be like the golden age of like propriety and whatever. That mom wanted to fuck her son so bad, which. 
to her credit. Ew, like, it's like kissing my brother. Marty, it's like I've never said the park car before. Oh my god. <laughs> to be fair, Michael J. Fox at that time was by far and large superior looking to Crispin Glover. Like, so I get it. Like, if, yes. if those are your two choices, <laughs> like, go ahead. Go fuck your son. I, don't I, don't, know, I, don't, I would go with Biff before I don't, Crispin I don't Glover. Think any, I don't think in any world is Crispin, Crispin Glover more attractive than anybody else in that movie. <laughs> I mean, what? poor Crispin Glover. Number one, talented actor. talented actor. He also, he's also one of those people that he takes movie roles just to do them. Charlie's Angels. Like, he did, uh, he famously did a movie explicitly so that he could have the funds to do Willard. I was say, can we talk about Willard? I haven't even gotten to say anything about Back to the Future yet. You microphone hogs. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to the persons yeah. at home. You gotta listen to f***ing Back to the Future. We'll come back to Crispin Glover and Willard. Mine will be short and sweet. Okay. Although Back to the Future is not on my list. That is my favorite trilogy of all time, and you will later see why. <laughs> no, we'll Ooh, talk about that. foreshadowing. Yes, we'll when I we'll love Back to the Future, that trilogy I love almost more than anything. That's not a living person. No, no, no. Back to the I mean. Future trilogy. It's just like you said, such a fantastic movie. The story, the the acting. Michael J. Fox is great. Christopher Lloyd is one of my favorite actors. Christopher Lloyd is so he's just so yeah. he's so funny, and I think it's funny that, that the mom tries to have relations with Marty. I mean, like it, 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 it's such was, a silly plot point. Yeah, yeah. They, and they actively made it a plot point. It oh, was yeah. like she was like, "Oh no, who's a, this strange person? I'm a little." She was like, "Acting like, let give me the, give me some of that dick." I also love he that can sleep in my room. I also love that Huey Lewis is in it. <laughs> Huey Lewis tells him it's too loud. Oh, see, that goes back to the music. The soundtrack of that movie. Soundtrack is so yeah. good. Is banging. Yeah. One time, and I'm I'm sorry if you ever listen to this or if this offends any members of my family. I went to Florida with my buddy, <laughs> and we we went to stay with my grandparents. And my grandma's like, "What do you want to do today?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Let's go out to eat or something." She goes. Oh, I wish I didn't give those tickets away. And I'm like, what ticket? She goes, I had two tickets to some band, Huey and the newspaper or something. And I go, and I go, what? Oh my God. I'm like, Huey Lewis in the news? And she goes, oh yeah, that was it. And I go, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I would have died to see you in the the news. Oh my god. Grandma, you realize what you've done? <laughs> Dude, that Your grandma is going to listen to this and be like, F- you too, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, All right. great, oh, great movie, Frank. Yeah. Very, very good pick. It was solid pick. Solid pick. All right, All right. Kyle, Kyle. Moving on to you. Number three. This movie has one of my favorite actors of all time. I know he's silly. I know he doesn't make great movies all the time. But the 1999 Adam Sandler classic, oh, Big Daddy. <laughs> I love that movie. That I think a lot of it is nostalgia for me. I used to watch this movie every night falling asleep for about two years. I ran the tape, destroyed it eventually because I watched it so many times. I used by to, tape, do you mean VHS? VHS. Yes. Goes VHS. together like lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> uh, would you prefer spaghetti and meatball? 
I'll love give that. you a crew cut. Love that movie. Just he's so funny in it. Little uh, Zach and Cody, whatever the hell, Dylan Sprouse, yeah, the old Sprouse, Sprouse twins. Yeah. They were great in it. Yeah, I just it just holds such a place in my heart. I just enjoy that. Again, like movies that pay attention to detail, and like one of the details in that movie that I thoroughly liked was like he talks about how his like favorite band is Sticks, Sticks. and like all of the like hit songs in that, or the majority of them are like Sticks songs, and I thought that that was cool. Yeah, yeah, just it's not her, and I can't name the act like the other the actress in it. Sounds His and looks, yeah. Sounds and looks like Jennifer Tilly, but it's not Jennifer Tilly. Joey Lauren Adams. Joey Lauren Adams has the same She's voice and facial structure of Jennifer Tilly. Amy from Chasing Amy. Yeah, I don't know who Jennifer Tilly is. Oh my god, I'm terrible, and you'll come to know this. I'm terrible with Jennifer Tilly is, is Bride of Chucky. Oh yes, and she's also. Oh, I should have known that. Wait, 105? Yeah, in your bra from Liar Liar. Yes. Another great movie. Oh, oh I haven't seen that so long. So good. <laughs> Hearts in her fertility. Tainted now. <laughs> the fact that she's been ridden more than Seattle Slew is irrelevant. Stuff like a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> Blonde brunette. Maybe it's on the tape. <laughs> maybe the maybe listen will be on there. I'm a brunette. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right. Lila's pass, great. Pass Big Daddy. All right. Really, what do you got? All right. So I'm going to say my favorite horror movie, and I was going to say two different ones, but I cut them out. One of them out. I'm going to say my favorite horror movie is probably underrated is Black Christmas. The original, not either of the two remakes. The newest remake was okay in its own right. It wasn't like a typical like horror movie. And the 2006 remake of it is just gross. And it was mired by production issues. I could talk about that for hours. Had a bunch of like big, like Michelle Trachtenberg and... Mary Elizabeth Winstead was actually in the what? 2006 Black Christmas, but... I think I saw that. It's bad. It is... Kate Cassidy I will watch movie. it for Mary Elizabeth it's, it's so bad. But um, the original... So the original Black Christmas is not credited as being the first slasher movie, even though it came out four years prior to Halloween. It, it's a Canadian horror movie about... Basically, it starts with a guy unseen face per point of view breaking into a sorority house and then he just starts picking them off one by one. Obscene phone calls it's the first movie that used the like oh the call is coming from inside the house. It came out before When a Stranger Calls. It came out like it's so good because it also it ends with a cliffhanger like a question like it's open ended. It's well done. But, like, not a lot of people have seen it. If you have Amazon Prime, right now I think it's for free. I 100% recommend I'm gonna uh, have to a do Black it. Christmas That watch. may be a tonight project, actually. How Watching long? Black Christmas. Because I have not seen it. It's, I've always wanted to because I'm a big fan of slasher movies. So. And it's it's not super... Uh, it's not super long, I don't think. Like, I watch it. I've only watched it, like, once how a year. Old, how old is it? It's like seventy-four. Well, it came out before Halloween, yeah. It oh, yeah. came out... It, yeah, it came out before Halloween. Which I always thought was kind of shitty because they're like they credit which oh, Halloween yeah. was great and was like you see the killer and maybe that's why they needed a slasher but or they call it a slasher but 
Yeah, it like Black Christmas doesn't get the credit it deserves. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to watch it because, as you guys know, I don't like scary movies, but I do love old slasher movies like Halloween and you know Nightmare. I almost said Before Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a scary and, movie. And, <laughs> and all those. Jack Skeleton so, with his knife hands. I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was like like in the running. Cause yeah. That, like the first one, Robert England. Come on. Okay. So, uh, Frankie, what's your number two? Number three. Number three. Yeah. So this movie, as most of them do, this one holds a very spe- special place in my heart. It's actually... The first movie that my parents ever took me to, and I think that's also what kind of makes it special, but Jurassic Park. Oh, so good. Well, yeah. Oh, so good. He's so cliche with his favorite movies. <laughs> but Wait, these, but are, are but you going to say Jurassic things? Park as we, you know it, or Jurassic Park as we know it with Jurassic Pee Wee Herman? Because <laughs> if you haven't seen that, Google it. It is incredible. It will ruin your life for about 30 seconds. I give everybody permission right now to stop this and pull up YouTube and watch and Jurassic Pee Wee Herman. Is it Jurassic Pee Wee Herman or Pee Wee Park? I think it's Jurassic Pee Wee is just what it's called. It, anyway, I'm sure it will pop up. It replaces the T-Rex. With Pee Wee Herman and Raptors, hysterical. Like there's a full length trailer where all of the dinosaurs are replaced with Pee Wee Herman. It is so funny. But the chase scene of the T Rex is my favorite part. Yes. Okay. Please go watch it. (laughs) But go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Frankie. Well, now that Jurassic Park has been undermined by Pee Wee Herman. (laughs) No, but like. I guess talking about like the the T Rex chasing, like if you look at CGI in Jurassic Park, I would say that it can beat some movies today as yes. far as like how well it actually looks. And there's parts of that movie like I know that I thought were so terrifying as a kid that I had to stand up and leave the room. Was the kitchen scene with the raptors, like and the kids were in the yeah. in that scene. Like there was just moments throughout where it's an adventure story, but it had horror moments. But it's also exciting. Uh, there's dinosaurs in it, you know. But dinosaurs that are done well, like a story that's done well with dinosaurs, and you don't find that even today. You well, can't find. It's that. not campy. It's no. not campy. Like no. you can't find a dinosaur movie with people today. Maybe the '90s Flintstones with John Goodman. But oh <laughs> <laughs> I just referenced that today at work. Does it really? <laughs> Nobody has talked about that movie in ages, and I, I've heard it two times today. Yeah, okay. Also, it's Steven Spielberg film, and it's it's Rosie O'Donnell as Betty Rubble, <laughs> and Rick Moranis as Barney. Uh, yeah, dude, Rick Moranis, man. We could have an entire day. Yeah. We might have to back, do that. Back film. to Jurassic Park. Oh, so, so sorry. So Jurassic Park. What exactly what you said? Like. I saw that as a kid, and especially all the new ones, they make them more into, like, adventure movies, whereas the original Jurassic Park one and the book was certainly meant to be, like, a cautionary tale about, like, genetics, and it was it was a, a good blend of, like, adventure and horror, because, like, if you, like, if you watch, like, as adults, you watch that, and you're like, oh... Kids probably shouldn't be like watching this at a young age of right. like kids getting stalked in a kitchen or like <laughs> body parts falling around or the fat guy getting the sub goose Newman. in his face. Newman. I hate Seinfeld, by the way. Uh, uh, oh. You didn't say the magic word. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. It's like, I think it's the first movie I've seen him in where he doesn't cuss. <laughs> 
Yeah, he says butts. Hang on to your butts. Yeah, yeah. hang on to your butts. <laughs> hang on to your motherfucking butts. <laughs> <laughs> I love the movie too. It's great. I just recently watched it, and what you said, this the animation in that or CGI, whatever, is so good. It it still stands up today. And that, besides my next favorite film, is probably the best soundtrack score, whatever you want to call it. John Williams, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's perfect. The, when you first get into Jurassic Park and the da na 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 na, like that, that, that is just so good. It brings chills to you every single time you watch it, and it, it's just so, it's so perfect for that. So, kept growing up in Summerville, South Carolina, it was like a thing every year that the fine arts school would put on a like concert with handbells and one of the things they were known for was doing the Jurassic Park theme with only handbells and everyone's like that was the coolest song I've ever heard in my life and I'm like really? what? (laughs) but like that was like the thing that they would like do anyway Jurassic Park great film Jurassic World the first one was good the second one was garbage I'm curious to see what the third one's gonna be the second one you yeah, didn't miss one. anything, but yeah, hopefully the third one. The second one was the one uh, where they bring them off the island. Yeah, sort of. So basically, they're betting on them, and oh, we made an Indoraptor. We took some that already had raptor DNA and made it more raptory. And then it's stalking through a house. It was. <sighs> <laughs> that's that's how that, that's our review of Jurassic World too. <laughs> Fallen Kingdom. What kingdom fell? <laughs> <laughs> it was basically the Lost of World. It was, it was basically the Lost World, but the island was blowing up. And so the third one is supposed to have like Sam Neil and I cannot remember her name. And it's I'm gonna get Laura Dern. Laura Dern oh. is back in it. Like Laura Dern. Laura Dern also can do oh, no Jeff, fucking wrong. Jeff Goldblum can never do wrong. Ever. Um, Goblin can read the phone book, and I'm there. I will pay top dollars. Can I tell you? Front row. Random sidebar. My husband, yes, I'm a homosexual, for those of you out there listening. My husband hates Jeff Goldblum because he was on a plane with him, and Jeff Goldblum reclined his seat all the way back and wouldn't move it the entire flight. But Jeff Goldblum's a tall man. I agree. And I tell (laughs) my spouse... The same thing. I'm like, hey, you need, like, you know, you might need to just let this one go. He's like, no. He was disrespectful. I asked him politely if he could lean it up, and he said no. And, and I just had to sit there uncomfortable the entire flight. And I laughed. Just, everybody just leans back. It's a Jeff Goldblum, if you ever need to lay back, you can lay back in my lap. Any plane ride you ever need. And he's, we need and he's the gay one? <laughs> we need a, it's Jeff Goldblum! <laughs> I love Jeff Goldblum. I I don't care. The Fly, fantastic film. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. So good. The best part of that is the like the the ship at the end when Mark Ruffalo like what's this the, button? The party like, ship. The party ship with the fireworks. And it's just him. Jeff Goldblum like dancing in a hologram. I can't. There's also a video of Jeff Goldblum dancing during Southern Decadence, which <laughs> sorry. Okay. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Jurassic Park. Life up finds a way. I actually have the Funko Pop of him leaning over with his shirt open with the blood and the stick on his leg. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright. 
Kyle. Yes, sir. What is your numero dos? My second favorite movie of all time. Guys, I cheated a little bit. You changed? I cheated. You cheated. I cheated. How'd you cheat? I How cheated. How do you cheat when it's your favorite movie? Because this isn't one movie. This is three movies. Okay. All right. Star Wars, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Okay. All right. Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. And Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. All of those are acceptable. You picked the best one out of each trilogy, in my opinion. 100%. Um, I agree. That's why I picked them. Um... Okay, I will agree with you that they are the best movies of the three. I still have my problems with Rise of Skywalker, but I have my problems with all the movies. Rise of okay, so the new trilogy was marred by the idea, like uh, number one, fandoms are toxic. So Star Wars fans are almost as bad as DC fans, almost, almost as bad. But like, so they were they were fighting an uphill battle to begin with. Yeah, then they were messed with because the original intent of the new trilogy was supposed to be that they were fixated on one of the previous three characters. So the first one was supposed to be about Han. The second one was supposed to center around Luke. And then the third one was supposed to center around Leia. And since Carrie Fisher passed away, rest in peace. They did roughly. Until the third one. Until they... Because it was supposed to be heavily centered on her. That's why they introduced her force powers. That's why they introduced her being, like, doing the training and passing stuff on. She was, I think, what the original intent was for her to be, like, kind of the, like, leader of the Jedi in Luke's absence. And they had to retcon so much right away. So the Rise of Skywalker was the best of the new three, but... It still pales in comparison to kind of the magic that was the original three. And certainly the third remake, like Revenge of the Sith, gets dogged on a lot because Hayden Christensen is a terrible actor. I love him. (sighs) In that movie. I like him. Yeah, I think he's good in Jumper, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) My We're not doing least favorite movies yet, Freddy King. No, no. (laughs) Don't dog Jumper. But... Revenge of the Sith, I can watch constantly. It all does all the time. Oh, yeah. Specifically, I love everything that Emperor Palpatine does. And that Do it. Do it. <laughs> the Do it. the oh. fight between him and Yoda in the so Senate good. building with the soundtrack going on is probably yeah. one of my favorite cinematic movie yeah. moments. Just because of the it's literally like old geriatrics fighting in general is funny to me. <laughs> fighting with mind powers and throwing shit at each oh, other. And just throwing Sidious across the room. Right. And then like John Williams, like whatever he wants, he gets in life because that just Duel of the Fates is a perfect song. Perfect song. But whatever he, I don't know what the title of it is called, but that thing that they're doing as they're like throwing shit around yeah. everywhere was just so cool. Yeah. Anyway. You know, Star Wars is such a big part of like the world and everything right now. So mm-hmm. it, it's hard to make a top list for a lot of people and not have any Star Wars on yeah. there. You mentioned Star Wars and that's a whole discussion within itself. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I hate how much shit the sequel trilogy gets. It just 
this is, this is a point I talk about with my friends all the time is that, and we were talking about how bad Star Wars fandom is and the fans of it. You can't be a fan of Star Wars and just like episode four, five, and six. Right. You, you have to find the beauty in one, two, and three, seven, eight, nine. Did I want to watch an hour and a half of pod racing in episode one? No. Oh, God, it was so oh, But it's still a Star Wars movie. I like and the still cuts that included more pod racing. <laughs> there's still great parts of it. And it, it, it was hard to break it down to those three, although, like I said, and you said, and you said, they are the three best of the trilogy, but there's so much to love in every single one of those movies. Absolutely. I mean, Everything. Empire and, is known worldwide as being the best sequel movie ever, really. And, like... We'll see when we get to my number one. That's right. We'll you see. Have, you we'll have see. But, let's see what the audience and thinks. Then just, no, um, and then just the cultural... Phenomenal importance of what Star Wars is and the universe that this has expanded through books, television shows, Christmas specials, comic like, books, comic books, merchandising. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have to say the best saga ever done. I have to say Twilight Close. I agree with you that it's the best saga, and I think what's what you know we have to give George Lucas and all the writers and everyone credit when it is due. For creating this like giant universe of material, and, like literally like rebels, the Bad Batch, Mandalorian, Mandalorian. If you're into porn, other <laughs> porn, there. I mean, <laughs> I, guys, I'm, it's good because there's no incest in this one. Right? <laughs> it's just aliens. It's, okay? just the, it's just the cop destroyers. Anyway. <laughs> They made this market and this universe that everyone can get something out of. And that's where I feel that Star Wars will always be superior to Star Trek. Because Star Trek has different characters and different stories, but they all kind of sit around the same central tenets. Whereas Star Wars has just so much more. Like, it doesn't all have to revolve around the central conflict of the Empire versus the Rebels. Yeah. There's so much that they can fill in. Star Trek is garbage. Uh, no. Uh, no, I, I will disagree with you. I'm not a Trekkie by any means, but there Same. are definitely, like, the next generation, Picard. Okay. Picard's Patrick, cool. the stuff, The stuff with Patrick Stewart, right? Sir Patrick Stewart. The stuff Give with him is good. Don't forget his knighthood. This, oh, Sir Patrick Stewart, <laughs> sorry. The stuff with him is good. Whatever, I don't remember any of the movie's names or the shows or whatever. His stuff is good, and J.J. Abrams, the first one was really good? Yeah. Is that the one with Eric Bana? Yes. Yeah. That one was really good. The, the one with Eric was, okay. was awful. And the most recent one that had Idris Elba in it was Pine, baby. <gasps> Probably the worst Chris. Probably the worst Chris. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Can I tell you that... I'll save that for something else. When I was in high school... So when I was in high school in ninth grade, we had to read Moby Dick and our teacher made us watch Star Trek. I think it was First Contact because or it was either First Contact or Nemesis. And it was basically she was making the plot point that they were the same story. And that was my education in South Carolina. Oh, I bet it was First Contact because Nemesis was... Awful. It was like with Tom Hardy as the clone and Tom Hardy. My whole ass. Like, Jesus. I'm sorry. 
We're going to have an NC-17 rating if we keep that stuff in. Sorry. Jesus. I now know. I've had a couple too many trulies. Oh, I felt I have a from Brie Larson. Tom Hardy to Brie Larson. Oh my god, Brie Larson too. She could get it on the action. I don't care. Alright, sorry. Keep going with your Star Wars nonsense. No, we're t- I think we're done with Star Wars. I think we're moving on to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> my uh, top sci-fi movie—it's a cool Star Trek Nemesis because Tom Hardy. It's Tom Hardy. It's a, it's a movie that not a lot of people have seen, but they need to. It's a Sunshine by Danny Boyle, or directed by Danny Boyle. It is a great, cool, well done, well shot movie. It's got Chris Evans in it. It has Killian Murphy, Rose Byrne. What is her? I can't remember two of the people, but you would recognize Michelle Yeoh and um, the guy who is in Doctor Strange, the um, Wong in Doctor Strange. It is a fantastic movie, basically a spaceship trying to reignite the sun with a nuclear bomb. It is equal parts sci-fi as it is horror, as it is like isolation. It's just really cool and it's really well shot. Underrated, definitely should give it a watch. Sunshine. I will Sunshine. I have not seen that. Yeah. Sunshine. Two on the list. Black Christmas. Sunshine. Sunshine. If you haven't realized yet, Curly is obscure in his movie choices. Yes. That will yeah. be shown throughout this podcast. My brain is weird and gross. So buckle up. It's a ride. Buckle we up. were we were coming up with movies. To uh, do on further podcasts, and he says something like "Sunshine," and I went with Airbud because why not? <laughs> Airbud, <laughs> I hate you so much sometimes. Yeah. All right, Frankie, what you got? All right, so for my number two favorite movie of all time, I'm going to go with Psycho. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. That's such a good movie. It's another one of those movies for me. Like the soundtrack hits it. Hold on. The story hits it. Are you talking about the original or the shot-for-shot remake with Vince Vaughn and Anne Heche? While I did enjoy the (laughs) shot-for-shot remake with Vince Vaughn and Ellen's former lover. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. It is so bad. I don't know. how It it was a shot-for-shot remake. How was it so bad? Oh, we can't forget William H. Macy was in that, too. How was it so bad? Okay, sorry. Continue. Go back. (laughs) The 90s weren't good to, to some things. But no, Psycho was just one of those movies, like, yeah, to this day, like, some people can't take a shower with the curtain all the way closed because of that mm-hmm. the famous shower scene. Yep. Janet Lee also was a babe. Was oh, a babe. Yeah, and she gave birth to Jamie Lee Curtis, who was also a babe. So, Jamie, we're waiting. Who's the next babe? Who's the next screen queen? Uh, does, do Jamie Lee Curtis and Christopher Guest have kids? If you didn't know, Jamie Lee Curtis is married to Christopher Guest, who is one of my favorite directors for a pl- platitude of movies. But and we'll she's get the to daughter of Janet Lee. And she's the daughter of Janet I love Psycho also, purely because of how they went... Like, there's a, a movie with Anthony Hopkins and Helen Mirren that go over, like... That's a fictional, pseudo-biographical tale about how he went about filming... Yeah, Psycho, and it's very well done. That's a really good movie, and, which is also a very good movie. But Psycho itself, 
was groundbreaking for a multitude of reasons, one of which was them killing the lead character off before the movie was halfway over. Right. In the back one, you lose the lead character. Yeah. And they had to, like, and it was the twist at the end that haunted people. And, like, one of the things that they discussed in that other movie that I actually read about and was true is, like, they, like, the test audience and stuff did not like it until the soundtrack was in. Oh, really? The, which is iconic. Now, you could, like, if you think about trying to watch that movie without that, like, soundtrack, like, it, it wouldn't make, it wouldn't do it. That yeah. movie made such an impact that although it was black and white at the time, people who did see the shower scene in the theaters swore that they saw the blood in color. Like everything real else was red blood. They thought they saw real red blood. Yeah. And what was also cool about that movie is um, Hitchcock actually took not a film crew and made that movie. He took a television crew. So from the very beginning, people were like, you know, this movie's not going to be made well because these people who make it, they make TV. Yeah. They don't make movies. But they ended up making one of the most cinematic, impactful movies of and, all time. And he funded it himself, too. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff went down for that one. Yeah, I, I like Psycho. Good movie. I don't love it as much as you guys. Because you're a rube. I know, I know. But... You rube. And this might be unpopular. It did... I come. like The Hangover. <laughs> cool thing was, is Albert Hitchcock, like, bought or, like found a way to, like, buy all the copies of that book so that the twist wouldn't get revealed to people who had read the book already, which I thought was neat. Dude, Hitchcock was just full of, like, boss moves. Any other, any closing remarks about Psycho, besides the fact that it's a great film, and not... And I think it spawned a TV series that is also worth watching. Alright. So... (laughs) My absolute favorite movie of all time, Back to the Future 2. Oh, it is. is it Back to the Future Part 2? It's Back to the Future Part 2. Ah, Back to the Future 2. Back to the Future Part 2. Ah, ah Part 2. Because part two. you can't distinguish that as Back to the Future 2. It's be Part 2. Back yeah. to the Future Part 2. As if... The second one. The second one. <laughs> as if to imply the one before the third one. Yes. Okay. All right. So I think it is the greatest sequel of all time. Going to piss some people off better than Empire. Done. I think it was... It's just perfectly done. He goes to the future, then to alternate 1985, then to 1955, back again. I love the fact that they go through all the timelines. I Again, back to the original Back to the Future, has a great soundtrack. Christopher Lloyd's in it, again. Jamie Foxx is still in it. Not as much incest. Jamie, Jamie Foxx Fox is not <laughs> Jamie Foxx? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just you going. Mean, I'm in Michael J. Fox. Ladies and gentlemen, he's excited. Back to the Future 2 is his favorite movie. <laughs> and I thought Jamie Foxx was in it. Can we? Okay, okay so Michael J. Fox, and there's not as much incest in it. Can, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my one piece, and then I'm going to let you keep on your tangent of love. No, this because I feel like you should. You guys go. Here is my problem with this movie. And it's with the characterization of things. My problem is, why does this director, a.k.a. Robert Zemeckis, hate his mom so much? Because first, she's a trifling hoe and doesn't want to get with Crispin Glover, but she wants to get with Marty. 
Then it's, oh, Crispin Glover dies or whatever isn't, isn't around. So what is she going to do? Oh, I'm just going to get with Biff because he's rich. There's not any other people in this town for her to want to fuck except for her son and the weird one. <laughs> Like, why did he, like, why did he hate this woman so much? Like, what did, like, did Robert Zemeckis, like, meet her and be like, oh, yeah, I know what her character is going to be. Trifling. That's what she's going to be. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Like, I agree with you. It's a fantastic movie. I remember liking it when I was a kid, specifically because of how they portrayed, like, the future. Yeah. And, but, like, it's so complicated. But also easily followable. Yes. Right. I mean... Back to the Future created a, like it created its own plot point within even recent movies like uh, Avengers Endgame. They reference Back to the Future Two. Like, are we doing Back to the Future Two? Like, that's how as a sequel it could stand on its own and be impactful in that way, like its own sort of pop culture impact. But yeah, like I said, like Back to the Future made my list because I think it's one of the most cohesive written trilogies of all time because they decided to write there. Part Two and Part Three at the same time. I agree. I said earlier, it's my favorite trilogy, and Back to the Future 2 being my favorite movie, in my favorite trilogy, it's, I just love it. I can watch it anytime, any moment, can just slip it on. <laughs> I like to slip on a Back to the Future 2 every now and then. Oh my god. What's wrong with you? It's, it's okay. At least, you know, we all have our moments, and he just wants to slip on Back to the Future 2. <laughs> all right. Okay. Back to the Future 2, favorite movie of all time. Boom. I don't think anything will ever change that. Curly, what do you got? Okay, so I'm going I so I'm gonna change my list. So this is gonna be new territory. Okay. So my favorite series. So you guys each talked about like your favorite series. So I'm gonna say my favorite series right now, as I'm thinking about it, is gonna be Snowpiercer. I will throw this <laughs> microphone out the window. <laughs> we'll get to that in part two, but John Wick. Okay, uh, yeah. So, number one, Keanu Reeves has blown up in the past few years. So, like, you know, he is he is not, or he was not, and you can still question his acting abilities, but the person, Keanu Reeves, is a good, just general person. Like, if you can look at the stuff in Wikipedia and on the yeah. news of him just being a good, good guy, freaking person. The first movie I ever saw him in, which you're gonna laugh, it wasn't Bill and Ted. It was a movie called Dangerous Liaisons, which is supposed to be a serious movie. It's what they base Cruel Intentions on. And he's supposed to be like an aristocrat dude who he talks just like you'd think he would. From, like, Bill and Ted, but he's, like, with John Malkovich and Glenn Close and Uma Thurman. <laughs> but it's like, I will defend her honor. I'm like, oh, God. But John Wick was, like, his kind of, like, his start back to being, like, just beloved in Hollywood. Yeah. And those movies are such a good series of following and creating this, like, this... I mean, it's unrealistic, but it's actually realistic. Like, they develop this tapestry of what this underworld is. And it's so enjoyable to watch. Like, you can put those movies on, and it's literally like, oh, they stole his car and killed his dog, and this guy is coming to f*** you up. Then they started adding all these other characters. Angelica Houston is in the third one. 
Halleberry. Halleberry. And they're making a fourth one. Like, it's just, they're all, they're enjoyable to watch. And it spawned this, like, kind of network of movies that are all kind of like the everyman just going crazy kind of deal. They just made a new movie called Nobody. Also a very good movie. But it's basically John Wick, but less seedy underworld stuff. It's literally just the same plot, though. It was done by either the same director or same writer as John Wick. I can't remember which one. Well, he's not getting an award for creativity. I'll tell you that one. Yeah, it's essentially sort of the same. I heard it's it's based, and this is all internet rumor, of course. I don't have any, like, Mr. Hollywood isn't calling me up, give me insider tips. But I heard that it's the same universe. It's not because the they explain it nobody that the guy is working for the CIA. Oh, okay. Or the FBI. Whatever. Anyway, plot spoiler. But the um anyway, John oh, yes. John, John Wick, Wick is, is it's a it's so good. Keanu Reeves is also just so good. And also, just keeps getting weirdly better looking as time goes on. He's gonna be in like the new Matrix movie comes out this fall, and I'm December. Re- yeah, December. I'm second. Really curious. This December? Yes, mm-hmm. on HBO Max. Better get your membership. I know what I'm doing. I'm really curious to see how they're gonna do it because Keanu Reeves is so not the same person now and the movies he does are not the same like even if you saw like bill and ted the new one there were differences is to like who because he it's like he could just go back to being the boyish like kind of dude so i'm really curious to see how the wachowski twins like made his character different it has great story and a lot of depth and he did his he did his own stunts he went and like he went and got all this arms training to figure out how he was going to like hold this gun properly. And if you look at how his marksmanship through it, as absurd as it is, like, his way of doing it is, like, how they train tactical people to hold and fire a gun. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna cock it and put it to the side to show you it's a kill shot, Papa's reference. But it's very, like, (laughs) but it's, like, it's done to be realistic, and that I'm thankful for. Uh, So that's John Wick. Yes, Frankie. Wrap us up with the f- top five favorite. Okay, so wrapping it up, my number one. I won't beat it to that too much because we talked about this earlier in the podcast. But I think this is probably the best sequel ever made. Over <laughs> Back to the Future 2. I apologize. Oh, let me guess. But this is the best sequel ever made. Probably one of the best movies ever made. One of the best twists at the end. Even better than Psycho's twist. Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. I agree. Great movie. Great film. Enjoyable film. Oh, weird. Everyone in this room besides me is all about incest. Yeah, I was about to say. Like, what? What is the deal? Also, they didn't know, though. Well, Marty's mom didn't know either. They didn't know. They didn't know. Whatever. Um, the, I think you the, have something wrong. The worm thing in the asteroid, like, freaking out as a kid. A lot. A lot, a lot. Also... I will say, I feel like it's just a little too long. I think it's perfect. Yeah. Because, I, like, I, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, because I watched these so, all so then, so then what part would you take out? Well, what part do you think is oh, unnecessary? You can't, t- you can't touch that final cut. This is what I'm saying. But, it's like, hold on, this is, this, I would say, like, because the, there's a solid, like, 20-minute situation where they're in that asteroid situation trying to avoid or evade 
the Empire. Where they're trying to fix the hyperdrive. Where they're trying to fix the hyperdrive. I feel like that could have been taken out to an extent. I also feel like Cloud City was a great part, but they could have done, like, they could have gotten rid of, like, maybe ten minutes of it. And it would have had more of an impact because we knew that it was a trap before we should have. Did we know? Not when I was a kid. Not when I was a kid. I thought Lando was a nice guy. Billy D. Williams suckered me in. Oh, I Billy thought... D. Williams. They're. <laughs> I feel bad because like a lot of the Star Wars actors were shoehorned into only being those actors. Yeah. And like, besides Han, or besides again, I said Han, not Harrison Ford. Yeah. Like, he's the only one who really had a successful career after those He was movies. able to separate himself. And, and, I, I oh, and Oscar Isaac, who also can do no wrong in my maybe, mind. Maybe The Last Jedi. Maybe film <laughs> career. Yeah. Maybe film career. That wasn't his like, fault, though. But, like, Mark Hamill had a fantastic voice acting career. Yes, and he was the cock knocker in <laughs> James Kyle Bob. James Bob, yeah. Dude, Mark Hamill, man. I love some Mark. Mark and, Hamill's uh, great on Twitter. Oh, yeah. He's uh, he's one of my favorite actors to follow on Twitter and Instagram. And I don't have either of those. It's okay. Twitter's what? just full of genitals. You don't. What world do you? Yeah, if you follow those pages, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> full genitals everywhere. But but, but very very good cool. very good first pick. Like I know I said BTTF too. <laughs> Oh What's the best sequel? God, you use the initials. In but Empire is just so Empire. I was going to say Roman numeral too. Oh. Empire is great. Yeah. So that was our top five. Mine was oh, this is Kyle. By the way, I have sunglasses. Number five, Hangover. Then Scott Pilgrim. Then Big Daddy. Then Star Wars three five nine. And then Back to the Future two, greatest movie of all time. Curly, what do you got? Cool. So I had Clue, Sunshine, Black Christmas, Lucky Number Slevin, and the John Wick series. Perfect. In no order. All right. So this is Frankie. My top five. Jaws, Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, Psycho, Star Wars, Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back. Cool. All right. That was Episode 1, huh, guys? Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, so. Our opening to this podcast, we're gonna split it into two parts because we're gonna. And uh, part one tops. If you wanna check back in for episode two, part two, we will have top five worst, worst movies, movies ever. ever.